This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. With the uh, liberal MLAs one by one standing up in the House last night and basically saying they don't have any confidence in the Speaker, Daryl Plekis, after he had copied some computer hard drives around the building and amid these in- and continuing investigations at the B.C. Legislature. Let's check in now with Andrew Wilkinson, leader of the B.C. Liberal Party, leader of the opposition in the House. Hi. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking the time. C- can you give me your thoughts on, on everything that went down here the last two days, your concerns? Well, I just heard Mr. Mullen on the radio in your interview of him. And, you know, I was a lawyer for 25 years, spent hundreds of days in the courtroom, examining witnesses and reading the judgments of the judges who had listened to the witnesses. Mr. Mullen is an evasive witness. He purports to be an expert witness when he has no expertise whatsoever. He is quite happy to say what did not happen in a meeting, which he did not attend. And he's more than happy to evade the question of why did the clerk, a very capable and professional woman, well-respected by both the NDP and the Liberals, why did she leave his office in tears? And he says, you'll have to ask her. She's a nice lady. Well, you know, this has turned into a silly mess. The conclusion seems to be, from our perspective, if they're making more uh, allegations, if they're looking for more investigations, they need to stop. They need to bring back Madam Justice Beverly McLaughlin, former Chief Justice of Canada, who's called Right Honourable for good reason, and stop these witch hunts inside the legislature. There's a reason why the legislative police force senior respected uh, police officers are now looking to unionize because they feel intimidated by Daryl Plekis, who is currently uh, their boss. uh, Mr. Wilkinson, let me play you a clip of Alan Mullen in my conversation with him a short time ago. I asked him about some of your comments about about what's going on around the legislature, and this is what he said about you. Uh, well, first of all, I find it I find it a little bit funny the, to hear that clip where Mr. Wilkinson says this is not a political stunt. Really? Well, what is it? Um, I I I honestly, and I want to say this on a personal note, I find Mr. Wilkinson's behavior uh, in the last twenty four hours and even in the last few months disgraceful with a capital D. Absolutely disgraceful. Uh, what what in spe- specifically are you referring to? Well, I've referenced before, uh, even on this show uh, with you, Mike, where where Mr. Wilkinson felt it felt the need to uh, name call and 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 get personal uh, with myself and with the speaker uh, back when this report first came out and going through this process. Uh, just the other night, Mr. Wilkinson, being the leader of the official opposition, felt it appropriate to uh, be running around the halls at ten o'clock at night, uh, taking pictures on a cell phone of me. I'm not an elected official. I'm a a staff member of this place doing my job. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, a lot of people would suggest that that's, that's uh, an attempt at at intimidation or bullying. I don't find that appropriate. He, okay, Andrew Wilkinson, what do you say to him? He, he, He called you disgraceful there. This is the chief of staff to the speaker. How do you respond to that? Well, I'm not going to respond to petty insults from a staff member hired by Daryl Plekis. You're not going to defend yourself? Well, let me get the facts straight with you, Mike. At 9.30 p.m. on Wednesday, I was leaving my office with some reading to take to my hotel room to be ready for the next day's estimates uh, debate with the Premier. And I noticed Daryl Plekis, Alan Mullen, and a third person who he's now identified as their IT consultant. You'll notice that he can't give him a name. He can't say what company he works for. He can't say where the material has been 
taken to, or at least he won't. And I noticed these three individuals going out of the clerk's office and into the speaker's office with what looked like a hard drive. That's questionable at best as to why they're doing it at 9.30 p.m. I then noticed Mr. Mullinan, this gentleman who's apparently an IT consultant, leaving the building with a large uh, rolly bag full of something heavy and the IT consultant with his typical yellow plastic briefcase. That's I'm a witness. All I was is a witness who happened to be there. And now Mr. Mullen seems to think I'm some kind of perpetrator. Well, they're the ones who have the explaining to do. Let's keep this in focus. The speaker has decided to go on another one of his witch hunts around the legislature. He's had the most senior woman in the legislative service uh, leaving his office in tears. He won't explain why. Uh, He's had the acting Sergeant Arms take an early and unpredicted retirement, and he has his entire police force trying to unionize to protect themselves from his witch hunts. Why doesn't he raise the issue and put it back before Madam Justice McLaughlin and stop this amateur detective work? Alan Mullen told me that he did not have a computer hard drive in his hand, so whatever you saw, you must have been mistaken, because he said he did not remove any computer hard drives from any offices. They they do acknowledge that they copied and backed up the hard drives of the acting clerk and the acting sergeant-at-arms, and that was it, and that they did it with the approval of those two officials. D- does the Speaker not have the authority and the right to do that if he feels it's important to preserve uh, material in the building? This material and information should all be on central servers. So why are they taking these drives away well, they, from these trusted senior officials? They and say secondly, that Mike, stuff. They say that information. Very clear, Mike. Why is the speaker not coming on to answer these questions? Mary Polak took 16 pages of detailed notes, which were all handed to the media yesterday. She's more than happy to swear a statutory declaration as to their factual truthfulness. The Speaker refuses to be asked questions. He provides um, completely dismissive answers to any substantive question. But let's keep focus on what needs to be done here. We need to serve the people of British Columbia and stop these costly shenanigans inside the legislature. One of your colleagues wrote that there's already been spent far more on legal fees than would ever be recovered or was ever lost in the James affair. Mr. Lentz has been cleared so far, and that remains to be seen if it be completely cleared. Now the speaker's saying he's got tools to make sure Mr. Lentz never works again. I mean, this is getting ridiculous, and the speaker has got to stop these witch hunts, stop the amateur detective work, get people who know what they're doing in place, and that so far has been Madam Justice McLaughlin, you, who he seems to think has done detective work. Well, that's is just ridiculous. Do you think Plekis has done anything illegal here? I mean, does he have the authority to back up these computer hard drives with the consent of the people who who were using those computers at the legislature. He is the speaker of the place, right? I mean, he's the administrator of the building. Does he not have the authority to back up these computers if he feels ne- it's necessary to do so? Well, the legislature is a strange place because it should be governed by ordinary employment law. And in any employer situation like this, you would go to the management committee, that is the Legislative Assembly Management Committee, and say, You know, folks, uh, there's been some controversy here recently. Perhaps what we should do is get clones or copies of our drives so there's no controversy in future. What do you think? That would be the responsible way to do this. There'd be all-party input. It'd be done in public because the media can attend the management committee meetings. Instead, we have the speaker himself, for some reason, Mr. Mullen and this IT consultant, prowling around the hallways at night, 
and I happened to come across them and thought, what on earth are you doing? Why isn't this an open process in an employment scenario? And you can see why the police officers and legislature are getting a little spooked and wanting to unionize, was because it, they're trying to protect themselves from him. Was it appropriate for Mary Polak to release the minutes of those meetings or the, the notes that she took from those from a private meeting. I mean, you're saying, why didn't he go to the, the Legislative Assembly Management Committee? I don't know. Maybe this under this undermines his, his confidence in that committee if you have a, a key member of it, Mary Polak, releasing notes to the media from a private meeting. Well, why were the meetings in private in the first place? They should have been done open in front of the media and the public at the Management Committee. So we debated this whether to, to make uh, Mary Polak's notes public, but the content of those notes is so obnoxious and so contrary to what the speaker and mr mullen have been saying we felt the need to put the evidence on the table can, can you mary Pollock would be quite happy to be cross-examined on her notes on the basis that mr mullen and mr plekas you know we're reaching the point this is ridiculous we're saying it's probably time to put the under oath and get them properly examined that's what madam justice mclaughlin had to do and she had limited terms of reference and if the speaker doesn't like the terms of reference then let's ask her back with what? the broader terms of reference that he wants Last question for you, and then we'll take some calls in the open line here, but can you work with this guy now? I mean, all all your MLAs stood up and walked out of that place last night. Can you work with this speaker? Or you, it, it sounds like you're going to be forced to work with him because he's, he's not going anywhere, it sounds like, according to Horgan. We have a duty to the public to represent 42 of the 87 ridings in British Columbia to the level best of our ability. Uh, there's constituency work, like making sure that people's uh, government applications are being handled, uh, looking out for wildfire concerns in our ridings looking out for people's housing issues. That's all done on a regular daily basis. And then the legislature, we are the opposition. Our job's to hold the government to account. We did that yesterday in question period. We did that yesterday in what are called premier's estimates, where okay. I and other people ask them a whole series of questions. That's our job. We will continue doing our, that job. Okay. And sadly, in British Columbia, we have such outdated legislation that the speaker can only be, lose his job if he dies, resigns, or ceases to be a member of the legislature. There's no room for incapacity or unfitness for office like there is for the American president and for the prime minister. So we're in this okay. kind of backward situation where the speaker gets to do whatever he feels like. And we've succeeded in having the leading jurist in the land, uh, Beverly McLaughlin, come and clear the air to some degree. If there's more air to clear, let's invite her back and not have this amateur hour conducted by Ellen Mullen, who has no qualifications in life whatsoever. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Mike. All the best. That is Andrew Wilkinson, leader of the B.C. Liberal Party.